And welcome back to the Queen City Sports Podcast. It's your host, Cameron Lee, sitting here with my co-host, Jesse Salzar. After a big Bengals victory on Sunday, big I'm, win. Hyped. I'm hyped. I feel good. How are you feeling today? Hey, hey, I'm feeling great. My uh, Everything we've been through this whole season, and now all of a sudden the optimism has just been turned up to 100 real fast. As Drake would say, it went 0 to 100 real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Bengals got the victory over the Tennessee Titans 31 to 20 yesterday, and they were in control from start to finish. Joe Burrow looked amazing. 26 to 37 for 249 yards, two TDs. Man, he 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 looks he looks just like a seasoned vet out there. I know we said that last week. I know we're gonna keep saying that, but man, he just looks so good as the Cincinnati Bengals starting quarterback. I love it. I love it. I, I can't even believe it. Just the steps he's taken, looking at his PFF grades, everything he's done from week one. I said this um, on our podcast, you know, a few days ago or a few weeks ago when we played the Ravens and he had that really bad, really bad game. And that was bound to happen. We were spoiled from the beginning. So it kind of hurt us or caught us off guard as Bengals fans a little more. But I said the way he responds to this is going to tell me a lot about the man, the player, the character of Joe Burrow. And boy, has he responded. I mean, if you think about since that game, the Bengals could very well should. I would even use the word should very well be three and oh. I mean, he came out and he lit up Indy on the road. Then he comes out against Cleveland and is just going punch for punch with a way more high-caliber offense. Yes, they lost Odell, but let's be real. Their talent from the O-line to running back all across the board has just been serious. And then they go and say, you know what? We, we, we got a little taste of an almost win. Let's go win. And they have Tennessee at home, and they take it to the Titans. Huge game. I mean – the Titans are number one in the AFC South right now, and they look like they were running yep. away with that division. Um, they Absolutely. did play three games in 10 days because of the whole COVID thing with the change of schedules and things like that, but can't take anything away. Bengals showed up and showed out yesterday. They, that's, they absolutely did. Joe Burrow had an 80.1 pro fantasy football rating, which was fourth among quarterbacks yesterday. So that that's, that's great to see. And Auden Tate had the highest rating for any wide receiver yesterday. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go right in and talk about that. Auden Tate looked amazing yesterday. He had some really big catches. He actually yep. had seven catches, if I'm not mistaken. Seven on seven targets. Seven catches on seven targets for 65 yards. And I think, I'm thinking about the first one he caught. It was third and eight. He runs an out route, catches it, turns straight up field. And fought like hell to get a first down. Full gets extension. The, gets Full first, extension. Gets the first down. And I was telling someone this yesterday. He might have AJ Green's catch radius from when he first came in the league. I mean, you throw it anywhere near him, he's going to catch it. I, and I'm obviously, obviously a little biased. You, you see it right here. You see it right <laughs> here. That's my guy. I watched him. I watched him ball in college. And I, I, when the Bengals got him, I was, I was so happy because I know what kind of receiver he can be. He's a big body. Sure. Everyone wanted him to switch over to tight end because they thought, you know, he was a little slower. But, but he, he, he wins one on one matchups. He's that his body's so big, and we saw we got a real good glimpse of it last year. Haven't really got to see it a lot this year because you got AJ back in the fold, and we got so many guys in the receiving room. And that's going to lead me into my next point, but. Auden Tate looked good yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you look at what Auden Tate did and everything he's been through with the whole thing with his agent earlier in the year and the wishy-washy, he wasn't even active. And for him to come out and put on that performance was was stunning to me. And, you know, the one thing, everyone coming out knew that Auden Tate could make the, the big catches and he was going to go up and get the football and had a good catch radius. It was always about separation with him mm -hmm. because he wasn't the fastest guy. And guess what for Auden Tate? Lucky for him, it doesn't matter about separation. Joe Burrow has 
receivers have the least amount of separation in the NFL per throw, and he is still out here putting up numbers. So if there was a perfect patch match made in heaven for on Tate quarterback wise, I think he he found it in Joe Burrow. Absolutely. And one other thing before I give the floor back to you, Cam, with with Auden Tate, it, it it's. It's more than just the receiving aspect. And the normal fan wouldn't notice this, but his run blocking ability, I mean, he puts his hands on a corner. And I don't know if a lot of people played football or not, but if you ever played defense, even in peewee, man, someone keeps coming and hitting you in the mouth like that over and over and over. Eventually it takes a toll on you. So I got to give him his respect in the run game too because he stood up and does the dirty work that a lot of receivers don't. Absolutely. And you know, another person I wanted to give a shout out to, I wasn't really even going to talk about him tonight and he didn't do a lot yesterday, but Mike Thomas, because in the run game, he gets out there and blocks too. No, it, it goes unnoticed a yep. lot, but he gets out there and blocks a lot too. So shout out to Mike Thomas for that. But that brings for me sure. to my wide receiver point with the wide receiver. So I'm going to go to Twitter right here. We had a question from Andrew Zelensky on Twitter. He said with T Higgins on the rise, Boyd already established as a re reliable wide receiver along with AJ, despite having the slow start to the season. And Tate showing up yesterday. The game's on the line. You need a TD. Who are you trusting to make a play? And I told Andrew we were going to answer this on the on the show today. And I'm gonna give you my answer, Andrew. Burrow's throwing it to whoever's open. Whoever's open, that's who's getting the ball. And honestly, I got faith in all those guys making the catch. But right now, whoever's open's getting the ball. Now, me personally, if you throw it to anybody, you need to throw it to Tyler Boyd right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Tyler Boyd. He's a professional chain mover. That guy is just a third down specialist. He is gritty. I mean, the way he came back from being inactive early in his career, a lot, there was a lot mm -hmm. of similarities with John Ross. That I was Baltimore hoping that maybe game, he could have a turnaround. That Baltimore game really kind of – that was the thing for him. He was inactive a couple games that season, wasn't playing a lot, and he was a second-round pick that year. And yep. But what we all know with Marvin, it was it was really you make a few mistakes and he wasn't going to you anymore. Absolutely. But the way that he bounced back from that, that game-winning touchdown to end the season at Baltimore, I mean, since that game, he has been a different receiver for the Bengals. He's been a thousand yard catcher the last two seasons. Thousand yards on last pace two for seasons, three. On pace for three this year, and the, the the catch in the fourth quarter yesterday where he's got his back turned, Burrow puts it right on his shoulder pad. He turns around, catches it. <laughs> I was just so amazed. Real quick that. on that. Real quick on that. Jake Witty on Twitter pointed out, and I think he made a shout out. Jake Witty, my boy from the West, Lakota West. Uh, he he pointed out that he thinks Burrow saw the defender all over him and saw the pass interference, so threw it to him to draw the interference, and then Boyd just made a play that was like, okay, right. run it. Yes. And I think he's right. I think Burrow saw the defender hugging him like that and just threw it to him to get the P.I. call, and then Burrow's like, nah, Superman, I got you. I'm, yeah. I'm the Robin to your Batman. Here we go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my God. Boyd, Boyd looked amazing. Now, that brings me into my A.J. Green point because now I know that there's a lot of people out there. Now, y'all know how I feel about A.J. That's my guy, and that's he's always going to be my guy. But yep. we got to remember, too, AJ's drawing the best corner from every team, which is allowing T every team. and Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate and Mike Thomas and all those other guys to get open and get catches. He's playing the best Absolutely. corner for every team. Now, the deep shots haven't been there this year. I understand that. He hasn't got the numbers this year. I understand that. But when he's drawing the best corner from each team, it's a tough matchup right now. He's still trying to work back into game shape. He hasn't played in two years. Yep. He, hadn't have Absolutely. A he didn't have a preseason. He, he didn't have any of that. It's going to take time. And now I know guys are saying, we need to trade him. Get rid of him. Get what you can get for him. Trade him. No, no. You want talented guys on your football team. And the thing I love about AJ is AJ is not complaining because AJ just wants to win. AJ wants to be a Hall of Famer. AJ wants to win. And that's all he wants to do. He, he's never cared about the individual stuff. 
the only individual thing that he ever talks about is being in the Hall of Fame. That's a personal goal of his. That's the goal of anybody that plays in the league is to be the best. AJ wants right. to win and be the best while doing it. And I can't I, – I love that attitude that he has. And I'm going to keep rolling with him. He had two catches for 19 yards yesterday on a lot of targets, that, and that's, that's fine. But he got the, the Titans' best corner, and they just traded for Casey Hayward today because of what Boyd and Higgins and Auden Tate did to them yesterday. So the Titans went out and traded for a corner today. A.J. Green's doing his job, guys. Give, give him some slack. Give him, some, give, give him a break. Give him a break. Give, give him another couple more games. And this Steelers game, I think, is going to be a big game for us in two weeks. You got two weeks to prepare for him. I think our wide receivers are better than their corners. So I'm anxious to see who Joe Hayden lines up on on the first play of the game. Because if he lines up on Tyler Boyd, that's okay. You line up, Then, A.J., I need you to go off. Straight up. I need you to go off. Absolutely. I need you to go off. Absolutely. Because you killed Joe Hayden for years. If Joe Hayden lines up on Tyler Boyd in two weeks, I need you to go off. I need to see I need to see something that game if, if Joe Hayden's not on you. Absolutely. And talking back to AJ, I've been critical of him. Um, anyone that's listened to the podcast knows that I've had my words about AJ. And, you know, I gave him week after week after week. That Baltimore game was a turning point, but he's played well since then. And it does go unspoken that he draws the team's best corner and and frees up you know, great one-on-one matchups for bro to find around the rest of the field. And you, that, that sh- to the normal fan, that's not really something you, you care about because fans want, you know, stats, touchdowns, Fantasy wins. football's taking over. Absolutely. Absolutely. But AJ has played really well. Um, I'm going to be the devil's advocate to what you just said though, Cam. I think AJ isn't a part of the Super Bowl window for Joe Burrow. That's just my personal opinion. I don't, I keep AJ with how he's playing just the rest of the year to build bro's confidence. Unless someone calls me with a third round pick or higher, I would take a third for AJ right now, knowing that he's not part of the future. And look what we've turned some of our third round picks into in the past. Um, most recently, Logan Wilson, who's playing lights out big sack uh, we'll yesterday about, for him. Got, big shout out to, to Logan, Wilson. Logan Wilson. Yeah, we'll talk about him. On. But, but I, I think when you're rebuilding and you have a talent and a weapon like Joe Burrow, it's important to get as many picks as you can to build a roster around him full of young athletic guys. And I just don't know if AJ's really going to be here in the next window. I love AJ Green. I hope he retires a Bengal. That being said, I wouldn't be mad. I, not that I hope he retires a Bengal. I wouldn't be mad if he retired a Bengal. But if someone calls Green Bay, hey, we got a second round, a late second round, or hey, a third round for you. I mean, I'm I'm listening to that J- just to play devil's advocate with what you said. No, I I get that, I get that for sure. But like I said, you know, AJ's my guy. I gotta have his back. I believe that he <laughs> will get back to form. I just think that it's gonna take him a few more games. Now, all the analysts out there talking about the speed's gone, the deep the deep threat's gone. We haven't really attacked downfield with them. And I don't know why, but we got all these other guys right now. I think T. Higgins down the field is amazing. We saw what him and Burrow did yesterday. Unbelievable. And um, Tyler wow, Boyd's that really, catch. Tyler Boyd's really going to be your, you know, middle of the field guy. He, he can catch it anywhere mm-hmm. on the field. You know, Auden Tate's going to really kind of be a big red zone threat. He, and he's kind of like big a, red zone threat. He's kind of like a middle of the field guy, too, because he because he, he's not that fast. But he can catch he can catch everything. So you can kind of put him on a lot of different positions, but you're not going to send him deep, you know. I think A.J. Green can still do that. They, I don't think that they've really kind of gotten to that. Right now, the game plans that they've been going with these last two games have been good. You don't really need to send A.J. deep. And like I said, he's yep. taking away the best corner on their team on each team right now. So that's given T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd so much opportunities. So, yeah, if someone calls and offers a third-round pick, you definitely got to listen to that. I, don't, I totally understand that. But me personally, I think that A.J. does want to be here in Cincinnati. Um, I think that yep. he, he will take – not a huge pay cut, but I think if the Bengals offer him, you know, a solid seven, 
six mil, I think he takes that because ballpark offer. I think that he wants to be in Cincinnati. Now, if another team offers him more than that, I think he'll obviously take that to take care of his family. And, you know, money is money. So, but I, I personally would love to see AJ still here. I think that there's a lot left in the tank that he could help us out over these, over Joe Burrow's Super Bowl window. And with those three receivers, I think that we have the best receiving core in the league for these next like three, four years, if you can find a way to keep AJ around. I just think that he opens up so much more for the other guys on the field that that can't be ignored right now. Yes, the numbers and the production aren't there. He's on the franchise tag. He's making 17 mil this year. I understand all that. But you got to look at the other aspects too as well. He's he's taking the, cor- the other team's best corner. He's opening up so much for Higgins and Boyd right now. I mean, Higgins and Boyd look so good right now. And I know everyone's like, I'm, I'm good with Higgins and Boyd right now. It's my only two receivers. Honestly, I probably I, I would be okay with that too. But I think that we could be better with AJ. That's all I was saying. So real quick, so real quick too. Two points to that. One, I listen to you and Tom Barry. Shout out to Tom Barry. His knowledge is is solid. I listen to your guys' show, and I I listen to the um, mock draft part. I know draft where you're going with this because I, I had a and I with I don't earlier about this same exact thing you're about to say. I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, if Jamar Chase is there and Penny Sewell is off the board to pull the trigger because we're missing that one deep threat. Him and Burrow already have chemistry. Boy, would that take our offense to seriously like seriously dangerous um but but we'll talk more about that later in the season as we get in the draft yeah Yeah, i wouldn't be mad with jamar chase Chase. and the other thing too that's really big for what you've been saying burrow has been almost perfect in the short to intermediate range and you know what that's going to start doing cam safeties are going to start taking chances to try to pick some of those balls off corners are going to start taking chances and that's going to open up double moves and deep balls and the more the better burrow plays and he's shown teams know what he does it's week eight they have more statistics than you and i if we've seen it after week two and three they know what's going on and they still can't stop it so when they start to take chances that's when burrow's going to burn them and i saw it all last year at lsu and everything else just translated burrow has given me no reason to think that everything he's done at lsu won't translate because Everything I've seen is translated amazingly. So I'm really looking forward to that happening, too. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, too. That's going to move into my next point. We're talking about the offense and how great they played. I think we got to give Jim Turner a little bit of credit right here. Had a yep. lot of backups yep. in yesterday, and the line performed great. I don't know. If, I don't even think Burrow got sacked. And then the one escape play that he made was just like, oh, my God, that's Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to do this, but I never saw Andy Dalton do that. I mean, I just never saw him do that. And I just feel like I have the best quarterback in the AFC North. Yes, Pittsburgh's undefeated. Lamar Jackson's struggling right now, if you guys haven't noticed. He hasn't thrown for 200 yards the past four games. Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield. I'm not going to get into that today. I think we have the best quarterback in the AFC North. Right now, the most important thing is protecting that man. Protecting that man, getting assets on that front line to protect him. And Quentin Spain came in yesterday and played well. Played well. Really well. Played really well. Billy Price had his best game as a Cincinnati Bengal playing center. I think that if you're Zach Taylor, you have to look at that. You have to you got a game ball. You got, he got a game ball. Like you just said, you got to look at that. I know Trey Hopkins has been good, and I know that Trey Hopkins is good. You might have to move him to right, to right guard. He's played well at guard. He's, He's played, played well at guard. guard. He's played right guard. I think that you got to keep Billy Price at the center for as well as he played yesterday. And the Tennessee Titans ain't no slouch, guys. They they were five and one. They were five and up. They're a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Like, absolutely. And when you when you talk when you talk about the offense and you talk about being the best quarterback in the AFC North, Big Ben only threw for 182 yards yesterday. 
Big Ben didn't go out there like old Big Ben in his prime and throw for four TDs, 380 yards, and beat the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens out. The Baltimore Ravens outgained the Steelers double the yardage. If you looked at just the stat box, you're like, holy crap, what a big win by the Ravens. Lamar hasn't played well, and I'm not going to get too into it, but like you already touched on, Baker, we already know what Baker is. Any real fan, any NFL fan knows what Baker is. I'm sorry, Cleveland. I'm not trying to hate. He could be a game manager. I, I find him equivalent to Andy Dalton, maybe slight better because he can move the pocket and has a little bit. he's a little more dynamic, maybe slightly better. But Andy's more accomplished, so I'd argue on that. Let's go to Lamar. Lamar's really good. He won MVP last year. That'll never go away. I always said this about Lamar. I didn't think his body could hold up in the NFL. And then I thought, you know, anything that's new to the NFL, look at the Wildcat. It worked for a year. All it was was a snap directly to the running back. It was nothing crazy. The NFL likes to adjust and then – you have to make adjustments. And right now we're seeing people suffocate Lamar or drop back and let Lamar keep Lamar in the pocket and let him throw. And it's just not working out well for Lamar. So, you know, we'll touch more on that later. And then big Ben, big Ben has a really great defense. He has a good running back in James Conner. He has good weapons surrounding him with Ebron out there. We saw what Ebron can do. And then you have Chase Claypool, you have Deontay Johnson. And then on top of that, you have Juju Smith. So, you know, Big Ben's out there being, you know, what he is at this point in his career, a, good, a really good game manager, getting the ball here and there where it needs to be and doing, making enough plays to win. Um, but so if you talk about pure talent and upside, I think it's not crazy what you just said that Joe Burrow is, you know, the best quarterback in the AFC North. Absolutely. And when we go to that Pittsburgh-Baltimore game for here just a little bit, the defense had four turnovers yesterday. You're going to win the football yep. game most of the time when you get four tur- when you get four turnovers. So, and that's yep. un- that's unlike Lamar Jackson as well. But he's throwing picks, he's fumbling the ball, and that's something that he's going to have to work on. So, but yeah, back to the offensive line. When when we we got two weeks to prepare prepare for the Steelers right now, that means that gives you two weeks to really get this offensive line intact. And I'm going to yep. go out and throw out who I think should be starting right here. I think you got right. to put Billy Price back at the center. I think you got to throw. Uh, Trey Hopkins at right guard now because we've seen how good Trey Hopkins has been. He's been good since last year and he's played right guard in the past. So I think you got to move him to right guard, keep him in the lineup. That takes care of our right guard situation because Trey Hopkins can hold that right guard spot down. Now we got Bobby Hart back at right tackle. I know no one likes Bobby Hart, but we know all know who Bobby Hart. He's is. played decently. Played so. decently his last two games. I even had that conversation with someone today. He's, he's had his best two PFF grades of his career these last two games that he actually played in. So that's got to be something that we look at. So I think you throw Bobby Hart back in there at right tackle. Jonah Williams comes back from his stinger, put him at left tackle obviously, and then at left guard. Quentin Spain. Quentin Spain, and he came in and played so well yesterday. Absolutely. And his his PFF grade wasn't as solid as I thought, which I'm big on PFF grades, but I do know there's certain loopholes and, you know, you can't quantify every NFL play. Um, So that didn't concern me too well because my eyes don't lie to me most of the time uh, whenever I'm breaking things down or rewatching. And I think I mean, that touchdown to Geo, uh, he was a big part of that or that touchdown run by Geo. He was a big part of and he stepped right in. He had been in the building 36 hours and he stepped right in and kept Joe Burrow clean. (laughs) Joe Burrow didn't get sacked. I mean, that is unbelievable. Shout out to Quentin Spain, my guy. I see you out there. He had just had a big contract extension. Then some something weird happened in Buffalo. Um, He tweeted something weird about it. It was never really investigated or known what happened, but some weird stuff happened in Buffalo. But hey, one man's trash is another man's treasure. He earned that contract one way or another. He got the contract and then has only played in like three or four games this year and now he's a bengal i mean what a time to be alive baby everything when it starts rain when it rains it pours but when it's sunny man it stays hot and things look things are looking up for the Bengals in all aspects i'll take him and we also have bj finney coming in from seattle for the for a pittsburgh game so he'll be he'll be ready for sure. to go for that game for sure. as well so you know they, they made they that carlos dunlop situation could have went left like real quick for zach taylor and this coaching yep. staff 
But getting getting him out the building, getting something for him. I know a lot of people weren't happy with the seventh round pick, but hey, Everson Griffin got traded the day before for a sixth round pick. And honestly, Everson yep. Griffin has been a lot more productive than Carlos Dunlop the last two years. As much as I love Carlos, I got to keep it real right there. He's been a lot more productive than Carlos has been the last two years. So a seventh round pick and another player, I think that was a great gift for the Bengals. And it solved the situation that was obviously starting to fester in that locker room with Dunlop. Um, he obviously wanted to go, so they got they, they let him go. So I think the offensive line's in a good spot right now. Jim Turner's going to turn that thing around. I'm, I'm really anxious to see who he throws out there against Pittsburgh in two weeks. You got two weeks to prepare for them. I don't see how we don't go in there and surprise some people. I'm, I'm saying it right now. I know it's two weeks early, but I, I think that we go in and surprise some people in a few weeks. So we'll talk about that a little bit more next week when we're, when we're talking about next week. But I think that we go in there and surprise some people, Jesse. I really do. Hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against that at all. Um, this takes me back to the Chad Johnson guaranteed victory against Kansas City game. Oh three, I believe it was. Oh three. Kansas City, Kansas City eight and zero. Peter um, Chad Johnson guarantees the win. The Bengals were terrible that year. I mean, they were out of playoff contention. And I think they were zero sure, eight. Got to win it against sure. the nine and zero, eight and zero San Francisco 49ers at PBS. No, Kansas City. Oh yeah, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yes, it was Kansas City. Yes, I'm sorry. yes, Kansas yes. City, not not and, the four years. And and yeah, back in the Trent Green days. But uh, anyways, I could definitely see that happen. I think we match up well. I think this offense is humming and on fire at the right time because look at the Steelers. I mean, they've put up some points in some games, but their offense isn't the old Steelers offense with A B and all that, where you're like, oh God, Le'Veon Bell, like, what am I gonna do to stop this offense? Then they've always had a really good defense. I think their defense is great. great. I'm not even gonna BS you. I think their defense is great. Um, but we have two weeks to build a game plan around it. And I'm excited to see what, what ZT comes up with. Um, and I, I really, I really, 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 really think if the Bengals win this game. So we talked about them going hot, winning out, what their record could be. I think if the Bengals win this game on, on two, not this Sunday, but next Sunday after the bye, I think we can really start talking about a hot streak because after that, we have four games. Let me tell you who we uh, you play know, after no the Steelers. I got this, the schedule pulled up right here. We get the Steelers in two weeks. After that, you got the Washington football team, the New York yep. Giants, the Dolphins, and then the Cowboys. Cowboys. Ripping off five wins. I know we haven't done that in a long time. Wouldn't be surprised to see it. Wouldn't be surprised to see it. It's really going to come down to the defense, though, over the over all those games. The defense has got to yep. show up. So I'm going to talk about it a little bit now. We won yesterday, but man, that rush defense and the defense just is still struggling. They're still struggling. I know. I know that Lou Anaremo is trying to get some answers, but like you said, man, it's just guys running in space. And then Derrick Henry was falling forward for five yards every play yesterday. I listened to the Bengals and tackling. Yeah, tackling. They, they, they it's it's a poor tackling team right now. I, I, I'm glad that you said that. This is a very poor tackling team right now, and. William Jackson came back and played great yesterday against A.J. Brown. Yes. Three quarters. Yes. And then when you got to start throwing, you know, obviously we're playing different, a little bit different coverage, but the tackling has got to improve. It's got to improve. And the rush defense got to improve. Derrick Henry had 18 rushes for 112 yards. I heard someone say that it wasn't a good game. What? Absolutely. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a really good game. But when you talk about Lou, it's, it's really got me torn because – when you look at the quality players he has with all the injuries, he's really making minor miracles out there with what we have. No, no offense to Christian Covington or any of those players, but you know, you go from DJ reader pre hurt uh, Geno Atkins, you know, Dunlap, all these players to now a bunch of, 
you Bledsoe, know, players a lot of people never is. heard of. Yeah, Amani Bledsoe. A lot of players are not people haven't heard of. And then our young linebackers, and they're literally learning on the fly. So I really think this like, – I've always said this from the beginning that the second half of the season was going to be better for this Bengals team because it was so young I mean, so new with all the money they spent in the offseason on defense. I really think that this is the perfect time to be getting these weaker teams. And I'm not calling – I know Miami just came off a big win. I'm not, I'm not point fingers or saying the Bengals are better than any of these teams. I'm not doing any of that. We'll play the game to find out. That's why you play the game. But I really think that if we, if the defense can can find its stride and the way the offense is humming, I, a five-game winning streak, I mean, I the Bengals can win any game. The Bengals can hang with any team in the league right now, and I really believe that. Um, and it's got me excited as a Bengals fan, so so I'm excited to see it. Let's go. Absolutely. Joe Burrow said in his press conference after the game yesterday, this team could easily be 6-1. and one. Easily. Easily. Right. Bullock hits a field goal against the Chargers. You know, we go into overtime. We see what happens. Or no defensive pass interference call, which came back to bite the Chargers. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Which came back to bite the Chargers yesterday. Yes. Um, if you saw that last play of the game, they got that ticky-tacky defensive pass interference call, which then Denver ended up winning the game on a Drew Lock play. Shout out to Drew Lock. He's got a lot of swag and a lot of sauce. I like him. But, hey, karma's a B. So that same same type of thing happened. We didn't get the call in week one, and they didn't get the call in week eight. So Two losses to the Browns really hurts. And two games that yeah. you should have won. I'm looking back at that yep. first time we played them. You know, it was 34, 34, 31. We needed a, we we got up 31, 24. I mean, 31, 28, 27, and you just needed one stop. And I believe that it was just the Chubb and Hunt show the whole way down the field that drive. They went all the way down the field and scored. Didn't have a lot of time left for us to really kind of put anything together. Um, the second game we had it won. You let Baker drive down the field in the last minute to get a victory. That that one hurt. So the two Browns hurt losses really hurt right now. But then you look at every other game besides that, besides the Baltimore game and Burroughs right. We were in every single one of those games, had a chance to win. The Colts, the Eagles, you had a chance to win all those games. So he's right. We could easily be 6-1, and one, but looking towards the future at 2-5-1, and one, you rip off a five-game winning streak, even a four-game winning streak. Let's say we lose to the Steelers this time. You rip off a four-game winning streak and got the Steelers again the second time? You go in that game with a lot more confidence and that game's at home here in Paul Brown, which will will have fans. I need Cincinnati. Monday night football. I need fans to show up. I don't need to see no yellow in the stands for that game, guys. There's only a limited amount of tickets. I'm 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 gonna try to be in the building for that. But we gotta try to all right. go, go out for that game for sure. Well, if you're looking at the record, say we lose to Pittsburgh and then we win four in a row, you're six, six, and one. You're in the driver's seat. They added a, I, and a lot of people forget this. They added a seventh playoff spot in each conference this year. So eight, seven, and one might slide you into the seventh seed. You know what I mean? It might mm-hmm. slide you in the playoff spot. And that's huge to get Burrow that experience. I don't think that this team could win a Super Bowl. I'm just being flat out. They don't have a defense to win a Super Bowl. But getting to the playoffs and getting that experience for Joe Burrow, I'm confident, and I can never say this about Andy. God bless his soul. I'm not going to keep comparing Andy to Burrow because I don't think it's fair. But I'm confident that if we just punch the ticket, if we get to the dance, that Burrow has enough talent to pull off an upset and win us a playoff game. <laughs> Even with this roster, I w- it would not surprise me at all. So Agreed, agreed. And the last thing I want to talk about with the offensive side of the ball was Giovanni Bernard, man. These last two weeks. You said it three weeks I told ago you. before Joe Mixon even got hurt that you love Gio, thought he should be playing more. And, man, his opportunities that he's gotten these last two weeks has showed me that, one, that you were correct on that. And, two, we don't we haven't used him enough since 2013 when we drafted him in the second round. That, that dude is on the field, and he brings that energy. Like, I love Joe Mixon. 
I think Joe Mixon is a top five running back in the league when healthy. I think that he can do a lot of great things. I don't think that we've seen. I think we saw a little bit of it in the Jacksonville Jaguars game, but I think that he can do that every game. Now, here's the thing with Joe Mixon, though. When Joe Mixon is not playing well, when, when he has 10, 10 rushes for 23 yards, you see it all over his face. You, you know he's frustrated. Now, he's still going to go out and play hard. He's still going to give you everything he got. But you see the frustration on his face when he's not playing hard. Giovanni Bernard brings an energy to that offensive line and to just that offensive group that I think just gives them a spark, man. Like when he scored that touchdown yesterday, I saw Fred Johnson just go, ah! Like them dudes get excited. Them dudes are pumped up. And Giovanni Bernard brings that out. I swear he does. And I, I agree with you. I think that even when Mixon comes back, that we still got to find a way to get Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard on the field because, man, that dude does some special things with the ball in his hands. Absolutely, and I know I've said this to you off air. He reminds me of Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles played in this league for a long time. He's a little back. He's dynamic with the football in his hands. He'll go get his nose dirty and pass pro. I mean, people are always like, well, why is Mixon off in two-minute drills? Why is Mixon, you know, not there on third downs? I love Mixon to death, and, and he's just – Gio's a better pass blocker. And with using Burrow and trying to come back in a lot of the situations we've been in, it's better to have Geo out there. Um, but I just, like you said, I I think, and I've said this to you before, and I've said it on the podcast, it doesn't have to be Geo or Mixon. It could be both. They both can be on the field together. That is, look, look I saw the Cowboys have, have both their running backs. You know, they have Zeke and their backup. You know, Tony Pollard is really good as well. And they had them both on the field at the same time. That is something that these offenses are doing. Look at the 49ers. You know, you have Mixon split out wide. You run a jet motion and hand it to motion, hand it to Mixon coming across the formation. I mean, you could do it with Geo. You could do anything, screens, a bunch of stuff. So I think that the more ZT gets comfortable and realizes the weapons we have, which he's done really well with these last few weeks, I think he's going to be like, hey, let's get Geo and Mixon on the field. Because like you said, Geo is just a talent you can't duplicate. He's dynamic. He, he has energy. He wants to win. And dude, he pop dude, the way he runs the ball, when you when he runs through a crowded line, he pops out the other side like a dang cannon out of a cannonball machine. And he's great he in just pass comes protection. popping out running. And he's great exactly. in pass protection. Yep. Really great. Yeah. So that brings me to one of our Twitter responses we had. Shout out to my boy Bob Murdoch. Shout out Anderson, Ohio. He said needed to finally break through for a close game and get a win. Now that we got some confidence and experience, we should be able to keep it going. Could easily be five and three if a few plays went our way in the previous games. But we got to protect Burrow and get stops because we are a really good team. Well said, Bob. I told you I was going to put that on the air today. That's that's a really well said statement. I agree with everything you said. In that. I think we could have been six and one at this point. Honestly, Absolutely. I think we could be six and one. So this yep. is, that's what Joe Burrow said yesterday. And then I got Hootay Nation as well who was really, really excited for the win. Um, so go ahead and give him a fall. He's a huge Bengals fan. Um, Hootay Nation out there on Twitter. His uh, Twitter is actually Hootay In. So uh, go ahead and give him a follow. He's a great. He's a huge Bengals fan as well. Give him a follow. Great guy. Uh, get some good content from him as well. Um, but I also want to talk about Logan Wilson, um, our young linebacker. Man, I, I really like him, Jesse. I, I really do. And he made a veteran play yesterday, which I didn't expect him to make. And I kind of talked about it on the air a little bit. When he was spying – 
he was spying Tannehill on a third down and we sent a blitz and he was actually in man-to-man coverage, actually not, not spying. He was in man-to-man yeah, coverage on the, running, on the back. running back on Jeremy Nichols, yep. McNichols and McNichols <laughs> stepped in to pass block on the, on the blitz that we sent. And right when his running back stepped up for that pass, he's, he sprinted straight for the quarterback and got a sack on a third down. And the, the guy talked about how, you know, most guys in the NFL aren't making that play until two or three years in the league. Like, or for a rookie to make that play, I thought that was amazing. I think he's doing great things. Like you said, he's young. He's really good in pass coverage right now, which I, which which is which has really shocked me. Um, he's really good in pass coverage. But I think that as the season continues to go along, I think he'll get better in the run game. I love Josh Bynes. I like Jermaine Pratt. But I think that Wilson and even Akeem Gaither Davis, whenever he gets a little bit more playing time and he just gets a little bit more experience, I think those two guys can be really, really good for us in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Logan Wilson, um, he is everything you want in a football player. I don't like to compare people because it's just not fair. <laughs> but he just reminds me of, of Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley had a little more talent coming out and was a little more bang-bang right away. But he's just always in the right position. He's always around the football. He's got two picks. Keep in mind, he missed a game with a concussion. So he's got two picks as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's got that sack. I mean, he's all over. He's got his nose in the football tackles for losses, blowing up screens, making – just play after play. I've been extremely happy with him. And Akeem Davis Gaither, we knew drafting him. You know, he was he was a little later than the third round pick. I think we used the fourth round on him. Mm-hmm. But we knew taking him coming from Appalachian State, he was going to be a project. But his speed in today's NFL, with how much we, you know you rely on linebacker speed compared to the old days, because you be able to run side to side the ball around. Exactly. I think that, and he's shown flashes as well. He hasn't graded particularly well, but he's shown flashes. But he was always going to be a project on, you know, maybe 31 out of the 31 other teams. So every team but the Bengals, he might not even be starting right now. But because the Bengals' depth at linebacker was so porous, um, he stepped in right away. And that's asking a lot of a fourth-round rookie. So don't don't forget that either. They're both really young, um, and I like what I've seen from both of them, Cam. Absolutely, absolutely. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on, Jesse? I think we, we covered a lot. You called already the upset in Pittsburgh. I'm going to hop on that train. I see it coming. Um, I'm going to give you part of my prediction now, just in case we don't talk on the on the uh, off week. But mm-hmm. I'm going to just go ahead and give you my prediction real quick, and then you give okay. me yours. Go ahead. Go I ahead. see I see the Bengals getting a dub, shocking the world, and finally waking people up. I'm going to go Cincinnati 27, Pittsburgh 24, and I think Randy Bullock gets redemption with a walk-off field goal as time expires. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Me personally, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Um, I think the Bengals will get a get a. I think our wide receiver core is better than their secondary. Um, I don't think you know our, their front eight is is amazing. They're they're yep. they, they did lose Bush, who was the quarterback of that defense and the middle linebacker. So they got a back. The replacement had a pick six. The replacement so. did have a pick six <laughs> yesterday. So um, I mean, they, they just replace, refill, and replace. Defensive line, Cam Hayward had a, a quad injury. I heard that that's going to be minor, but we all know what that defensive line can do with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree on the ends. You know they're going to, you know they're going to blitz, which is why I think that this our bye week being right here is perfect for this. You get two weeks to prepare for that. You already know what they're going to do. They're going to blitz, and we, we're going to be we're going to have to get the ball out quick. Burrow's going to have to get get the ball, yep. get it out quick, and we're going to have to we're going to have to establish the run. We're going to try have to try and establish the run, which the Ravens did yesterday and still took a loss. But I think that our passing Absolutely. attack will be able to counterfeit that. I think the Bengals get a win, twenty one seventeen over the Steelers in two weeks. Now our last yeah absolutely go ahead go ahead go ahead Jesse go ahead. I was going to say absolutely, and looking here because I swear 
Yeah, they rushed for over 250 yards yesterday and yeah, still didn't the get the win. So I just wanted I just wanted to say that. They they established the run all right. <laughs> they definitely established the run. Our last segment of the show, uh we all we, we just introduced this last week. I want to uh bring it back again this week is um on this day for the Bengals. Um so we're going to actually yep. give you a twofer today. They got a dub yesterday. So we're going to give you a twofer. Um on November 1st, 2015, Bengals start off 7 and 0, get a victory over the Steelers. A.J. Green has a huge game over Mike Mitchell after Mike Mitchell got a personal foul penalty for taunting. A.J. Green comes back with a touchdown. They won 17 to 10. It was a low scoring game, but start off 7 and 0 in 2015. I know you guys remember that we had a great start that year. I believe that we got our first loss against the Arizona Cardinals and Carson Palmer on a Texans. Texans. Was it Texans that year? It was it was against Texans. Yep. Texans Texans at home. Yes, it was. You're right. Texans at home in 2015 was our first loss, but they got off to a seven and no start, went to the playoffs that year. It was a good year. And the last one is from 1969, ladies and gentlemen. November 2nd, 1969. The young Cincinnati Bengals, an organization only been around for a few years at that point, were playing the undefeated John Madden Raiders. And rookie quarterback Greg Cook engineered the baby Bengals to an implorable 3-0 start that, 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 that year before injuring his back. He came back that week, had a huge game against the Raiders, and was able to pull out a victory. So on this day in 1969, your Bengals got a huge victory over the John Madden Raiders. Jesse, your That's thoughts insane on, to think about. Your thoughts That's on insane to think about. And Greg Cook. Greg Cook, shout out to Greg Cook. He could have uh, – if he didn't have those injuries to derail his career, I mean, I wasn't there to see it, but everything I've ever read about the guy is he was a superstar before superstar. So mm-hmm. uh, that's unfortunate because I really think the Bengals history might have been a little different during those years. But Absolutely. hey, shout out to Greg Cook. Shout out to Greg <laughs> Cook. Shout out to Kajana Carter. I thought he would have been great. Um, injury, yep. friend back from Penn State that we drafted number one. Never really worked out with the injuries, but Corey Dillon was a nice replacement, so I wasn't mad. <laughs> Let's go. Corey <laughs> Dillon should get into the Hall of Fame in the next couple of years. I don't know why I don't show that man any respect, but I don't know if he'll go in as a Bengal or a Patriot. I know he had a tumultuous time when he was here. He was great when he was here, but I know that he always wanted to win, and winning was a big thing for him, so I was glad that he was able to go out on top with the Patriots with a Super Bowl championship, but man, can't forget those Cincinnati Bengals years, especially when he set the uh, single-game rushing record against the Denver Broncos. Corey Dillon was so good for us, but I think that Joe Mixon could be the next the next thing in Bengals history as far as running backs, especially in number 28. Yep. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys all tuning in for our show tonight. It was great. Our first live show. So this will be posted on YouTube. Uh, we will start doing some live shows on our Twitch channel as well, which is the Queen City Sports Podcast on Twitch. So go ahead and give us a follow on there. We're also on Instagram, Queen City Sports Podcast. We'll be posting all of our content on there as well. Videos, new episode alerts, all that stuff. So go ahead and uh, get the notifications for that as well. Also on Twitter, QC, QC, QCSP2020. So all anybody that responds or has anything to say to us, you know, we like to use those in the show as well. So make sure you're responding and following us on Twitter. And Jesse, any last thoughts for uh, anybody out there? Hey, big win over the Titans. Let's let's enjoy this bye week. Enjoy the win, Bengals. We've had they've been few and far between. So Bengals fans enjoy that stuff. And uh, let's go kick some Pittsburgh butt. That's what I'm talking about. So I will see you guys next week for the bye week show as we prepare to play Pittsburgh. Or actually, we will let you know if that show will happen. Uh, check our Twitter. And um, we, yep. we would like to get a show in, but with nothing going on next week, not going to be much to talk about. So stay on, stay on top of that for the updates on our Twitter. We appreciate you guys listening to us as always. Thank you guys for supporting. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you guys.
Thanks, guys. Thank you.